0: There are three things that if you can put into your skincare regimen, they will have such a huge impact and are worth the spend and the money.
1: Hi, I'm Melanie Barr. Welcome to the She Built It Experience with Melanie. You're here because you want to experience the life and business that you crave. Join me as I talk to women who have successfully built it, a career and business that they love. We dive into the topic of how they built it and talk about everything from having the courage to make career leaps, to the details of how to lead effectively, create successful teams, implement strategies for growth, and infuse tech innovation. Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. So let's dive in. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Sethi. You are the founder of a skincare line, the host of the podcast, The Skincare Report, and you have opened up three medical spas. What led you to become a doctor, and what inspired you to open your business?
0: I've wanted to be a doctor since I can remember. And it's really been because I enjoy being around people and helping people, but I also really enjoy the intellectual challenges that come with medicine. Why did I go into aesthetics? The reason for that was because aesthetics also helps people. Aesthetic medicine is, I would say, a newer field in medicine, relatively speaking, It's helping people be their best, feel their best, feel their most confident self. So for all
1: those reasons, I enjoy what I do. It helps so much with confidence. And it's a large conversation among my friends.
0: I can imagine the aesthetic patient is getting younger and younger every year, which is a good thing because I think we also have a lot of solutions. So people don't have to go through decades of their lives feeling insecure about something. And there's also sometimes this impression that people who are seeking aesthetic medical treatments are vain or a little too focused on their appearance. But that's not true. All of us have a small insecurity here. And and we're so lucky to live in a world where there are so many solutions that are a lot easier to access than
1: they were before. And it's the simple things that can make us feel so good. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yes, it's it could be that one small Botox appointment that will make someone feel so confident.
1: You are also a wife and a mother of three. Let's talk about the CEO diaries. And for anyone juggling a busy lifestyle, how are you able to juggle it all?
0: It's a lot to juggle, I won't lie. All women are capable of juggling a lot. We just take whatever's presented to us. But I've also been very fortunate to have a lot of family support I had my first child four months before starting medical school, and my mother-in-law had to move in with us and really help take care of my children. And then my father-in-law stepped in. So my husband and I have been very fortunate to have help. And then just the people I work with, they're just, I think you should never be scared of delegating work. I know that sometimes some of us want to maintain control and fear that we may not get the work done to our standards. If you build the right team, they are the ones that make that all possible.
1: It's so true. And I'm a mom of twins and I was out in, with my career in meetings and then I had two babies and found myself sitting in a nursery. I'm very independent too. And I thought, I give, I have to be able to ask for help because- You're right. You can't do it by yourself. And then I also understand the intellectual stimulation and wanting continuous learning and wanting to be a mom, but also to continue to move forward in your career. That's why I'm so inspired by you and all the women that I talk to around the world who are striving to achieve what brings them joy in their career.
0: Oh, absolutely. Then you stand as a good example to your children. They also will learn my mom has been able to focus on her career and our family, and they can do the same. But they will also learn that delegating is okay. Nobody's going to give you an award when you're tired at the end of the day for taking all the responsibility on yourself.
1: What do you think is the most important element of building successful teams and sustainable company cultures?
0: That's such a great question because building a team is really hard. And I think that one thing that has always served me well is to not only rely on somebody's experience and their academic merits, but also how you get along with them. So there's this sort of intuition that comes into play. And that's why I'm so happy that now job interviews are no longer remote because I feel like 80% of the decision to hire someone on your team comes from their personality and their willingness to put 100% into their work. So I think that has helped a lot of my decisions in building a team. And then that builds that team culture. Treat your team like you'd like to be treated. And remember that just like you, there are times when they can't be as productive because life's happening. But yes, just if you treat them like the way you like to be treated,
1: it's a lot more harmonious. It's so true. And trusting our instincts is so important throughout the hiring. When you have that little thought, I'm not sure this is going to work out. I've learned to really trust that. And when I think it is going to work out, to go with it. And usually when we listen to ourselves, we're right.
0: Yes. And there are times when we say, no, let me just be super logical about this and go with a team member who is just really experienced. On paper, they seem like a perfect person, but the personality may not mesh well with you or other people who work at the company. It's a difficult decision.
1: Let's talk about skincare, which we all think about. How do you suggest we tackle skincare concerns and fill us in on the newest skincare trends and what you think about them?
0: When it comes to skincare, Social media can be a blessing or it can actually work against us, but the good thing is that it does help dissipate education, which is great. It also creates a lot of misinformation. When it comes to skincare, there are so many solutions that have evolved over the years. Of course, I'm the founder of a medical-grade skincare brand. I'm going to be very biased towards that, but that's because Even in skincare, it should be more results-focused than ritual-focused, and there's always a good place to start. So if you haven't started and you can't afford to or don't have the time to do a multi-step routine, there are a few things that you can add in to your routine that have huge impact. I'm not a minimalist skincare person, but I meet so many people in my profession who are. There are three things that, if you can put into your skincare regimen, they will have such a huge impact and are worth the spend and the money. And the first one is having a good retinol in your routine. And retinol is something that we see a lot more of. It used to be something that only physicians prescribed in their office and you picked up at a pharmacy, but that has changed as. There have been so many more sophisticated skincare delivery systems. If you can incorporate a retinol in your evening routine, excellent. Because retinol increases skin cell turnover. It makes your skin behave like it would in your younger years. It makes our skin behave like it did in its early years. So that's a big one. And the second one is a vitamin C serum. Vitamin C is an antioxidant. It has been shown to increase collagen production. And I know the array of vitamin C's available to us, they can be very overwhelming. But a vitamin C serum, if you can incorporate that into your daytime and nighttime routine, uh, that's another very impactful ingredient. And the second one is simple which also now we are lucky we have so many different varieties to choose from so even if you have a darker skin tone and you've never you haven't liked how sunblock looked on you before um all of that has changed
1: what should we look for in a sunblock
0: this is a problem when you have too much variety right you're sitting there going what is the difference And why is one more expensive than the other?
1: Yeah, we were just in Hawaii and some of the men were talking about how some sunblock isn't good for the ocean. I live in California near the beach. What's good for our skin? And to put on my children too, but also what is good for the environment?
0: No, it's true. If it's not good for the ocean or the environment, it likely is not a good choice for your skin regardless. Sunblocks are divided into two large categories. One is chemical barrier sunscreens, and the other one is physical barrier sunscreens or mineral sunscreens. And they both have pros and cons. And just because they're called chemical barrier doesn't exactly mean that they're dangerous to us. But chemical barrier sunscreens have been historically made with an ingredient like avobenzone, oxybenzone. These particular ingredients have been shown to harm the coral reef. And the way chemical sunscreens work, and this is why they're most popular amongst waterproof sunscreens, is that they have to be absorbed by your skin. And then about 30 minutes later, they will start giving you sun protection. So that's one thing that people don't realize when you're using a chemical sunscreen, which a lot of the spray-on sunscreens are, or waterproof sunscreens, they are not active for at least about 30 minutes after you've applied them. And the other problem with chemical barrier sunscreens is that if you have skin sensitivity some, or eczema, sometimes your skin will react to
1: them. My daughter has eczema, so I think a lot about what to put on her skin.
0: Exactly. When it comes to the different types of sunscreens, the chemical barrier ones are notorious for increasing skin sensitivity to, especially an ingredient called octocrylene. But the thing is, Chemical barrier sunscreens do last longer because they're absorbed into your skin. So maybe not a great option to wear every day, but if you're someone who works outdoors or is going on a hike, you may want to consider that because you have this longer, better protection. Physical barrier sunscreens, which I'm more of a fan of, are sunscreens that contain zinc or titanium oxide. That's their main active ingredient. And those sunscreens essentially are applied to the skin and immediately create a barrier between your skin and UV damage. And those are very easy for your skin to handle if you have eczema or any kind of sensitivity because they don't get absorbed into your skin. And then there are tinted sunscreens. And tinted sunscreens actually are an excellent option because the tint itself is also like a sunscreen. So tint comes from iron oxide and that actually gives you protection from UV rays and blue light. If you can find a sunscreen that is a physical barrier sunscreen with a tint, you're really maximizing your protection. And an SPF of 30 or greater is is recommended. Sometimes people will say, I use an SPF 50 or 60, but it's really pasty. It doesn't glide on my skin or spread on my skin as nicely. You don't have to do that. Honestly, the incremental increase in protection you're getting from an SPF 30 to a 50 is so minimal that it's not worth it. If you can find a good sunscreen that works for you and it's SPF 30, that's excellent.
1: I was just thinking about it as we're going into the summer and I was looking at our shelf of sunscreens wondering if I had the right thing or if I had something with zinc or if I'm putting the right thing on my children.
0: And that's the thing. If you're using sunscreen every day, avobenzone, oxybenzone, when the FDA has done studies, you will find unacceptable amounts of them in the bloodstream and in breast milk. So they do get
1: into your bloodstream. Share with us about skincare trends and what you think about them.
0: Skincare trends are fun because there are some good ones. And then there are some that you just wonder, where did this start from? And a lot of them emerge from TikTok. I always enjoy hearing what is trending. One of my favorite skincare trends is skin cycling because skin cycling, it's actually a way of using your skincare so that you are not only replenishing your skin, but you're also not breaking your skin barrier. So you're not over-processing your skin. So that means that if you use a retinol at night, don't go and use a, a harsh exfoliant the next morning. Or don't wash your face with a harsh exfoliant and then immediately apply retinol because they both could irritate your skin, but instead cycle it on alternate days and so forth. So I think skin cycling is a great one. I've seen a lot more trends around devices at-home devices for your skin. And those I'm not really a big fan of because they're promising what they can't deliver. And sometimes if overdone, can actually cause worsening of skin. My absolute disliked one is the derma roller. It looks like a lint roller with spikes on it. And it's for my at-home microneedling. And I see some reputable brands have started introducing their own derma rollers into their lines. I do medical aesthetics and we do microneedling in the office. And I can tell you that if you were to effectively microneedle your skin, you would need a prescription-grade numbing cream on your skin to be able to handle that. So when you're putting a derma roller on without the right depth, you're just going to scar the skin, especially if you have a darker skin tone, then there's an infection issue too. You're poking these needles into your skin every day. And I'm not sure that you can just keep doing that and not expose yourself to a lot more chances of infection. So that's one example of at-home device in skincare that I think is questionable.
1: Thank you for sharing that with us, because you see these all over social and you wonder if they work. One other one that I wonder about is the red light that you can do at home.
0: Yes, I've seen actually some of my melasma patients who we've been treating for years, doing great. They walk into the office saying, oh, my God, I started using a red light. And after using it a second time, it like completely triggered my melasma. I don't think red light is bad, but the devices, there are so many out there. You can't control how somebody's using it, so they can overuse it. There's not a lot of transparency on the actual quality. And again, red light is a part of the UV spectrum. You don't know what is getting emitted from that device. Is it effective? Is it harmful? I think if you're going to go for any kind of red light therapy, go to a professional so that you know what you're getting.
1: What we eat and drink affects our skin. I've been thinking about this a lot lately and cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this.
0: It absolutely does. Previously, we just knew sugar can't be good for your skin or eating a lot of fats can't be good for your skin. What's nice is now we actually have scientific data to prove and explain why. More than fat, I think sugar is one of those things that I, I always thought I associated sugar with acne and thought, if you eat a lot of sugar, you're going to break out more. Actually, sugar causes your skin to age, where the end products of sugar actually go and attach to your collagen and elastin proteins and interfere with how those proteins create your network of proteins and make your skin. So it actually ages your skin and makes your skin weaker. And of course, when I say that, I'm talking about sugar and in, in, in unhealthy quantities, like if you drink sodas all the time. So that's a big one that there's so much more information about and at a cellular level. I also think that in general, if you have a diet that is high in fruits and vegetables, you're just getting so much more fiber and so many more antioxidants that that can only help your skin.
1: Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. What is one way that you make sure to find and live your joy?
0: Because I have three offices. They're all in different places. So I enjoy my long commute. It creates some calm. I just sit in one lane and drive and listen to my favorite podcast. And it's just quiet time. I try not to take a lot of calls when I'm driving, especially at the end of the day. And I actually look forward to it.
1: And as a mom and someone juggling so much with all of your businesses, I'm sure that quiet time is just so important where you can honor yourself.
0: Yes, exactly. Because as you're a mother too, when you enter the house, you have to know everything.
1: And in addition to organizing and juggling all your businesses, you're also organizing and juggling your house. Exactly. (laughs) So much knowledge and information that you have shared with us today. Thank you so much. Can you share with us how and where we can find you?
0: There are a few different ways you can find me. If you are a podcast listener, I have a podcast called The Skin Report, which you can find on Spotify, Apple, wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And if you would like to learn more about my skincare line, it is skinbydrsathy.com. I try to put a lot of education there about skin in general. So you know why you're buying something before you buy it.
1: Thank you for joining us today. I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me at hello at shebuiltit.com on our She Built It website or at She Built It on social. Thank you to my editor, Rich Dreffolino, who always makes us sound good. Until next time, let nothing stop you from experiencing the life and business that you crave.